What's up, everyone? I'm Brady Morgan, and I'm the host of the Budget Trek Podcast. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and review and rate the podcast. That would be very much appreciated. Before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. SocialX is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures through weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing events all over the country. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Trek podcast, and today I have a very special guest. He is a student at the University of Florida, but he's also the CEO at Imprint Genius, which won the 2019 Gainesville Startup of the Year Award, Mr. Isaac Hetzroni. Isaac, what's going on, man? Hey, Brady. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. So I was telling you briefly about what Budget Trek is about, but I'm going to give a 30,000-foot view for my new listeners out there. So Budget Trek essentially began as me and my wife's journey, reaching our own version of financial freedom. And yes, personal finance is still incorporated in the interviews and a lot of other episodes that we're releasing along the way. But even deeper than that is struggles. And we want to highlight the struggles that entrepreneurs go through along the way because we all know that that journey is not perfect but the struggles are not highlighted the way they should be on social media, publicly, et cetera. So we're going to dive into Isaac's story, his journey with Imprint Genius and how that plays a role in the foundation of Budget Trek. But before we get into that, Isaac, I always ask his first question. What is the dumbest thing you have ever purchased? Oh, that's a tough one. I'd say, I'd say recently I bought myself like a fleet of just vehicles to get around campus. So I got, a car, I have a scooter, I have electric bike, I have a bird scooter, um, and a skateboard. So any type <laughs> of possible means I could ever get around. Like, there's not a place I can't park, place I can't be, but uh, I like my toys. So. Damn, dude. That's got to be kind of pricey, man. Especially being in college. I mean, I know you're <laughs> the CEO of a business, but still. <laughs> it's all right. You know what? Time is money, and if I can get somewhere faster, you know. Wise words. So <laughs> I want to give you an opportunity to tell more about yourself. Uh, obviously, Imprint Genius, you're a student at University of Florida, but give myself and my audience kind of a deeper view into who Isaac Hetzroni actually is. Grew up in Montreal, Canada, originally lived there for 10 years. And then uh, right around when the recession hit, we moved to South Florida because my dad's like, oh, look, everything's on sale. <laughs> and, <laughs> went, and we moved down here. And I've always been an entrepreneur at heart, had businesses kind of like all through middle school, uh, all through high school, but nothing to the extent that Imprint is right now. It's almost like organized side hustles, if anything. But I'm very passionate about marketing in general. And I love physical marketing, which is our specific area. Imprint Genius is a promotional item and custom apparel company, uh, but we're working on innovating the entire industry and adding new technologies to help brands really market themselves. So yeah, really excited to be on the podcast today. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So let's dive in into Imprint Genius. When did this idea actually come to be and how long did it take for you to actually implement it? Imprint Genius was not one of those, I have this idea to add technology to the promotion item industry. To be honest, no one our age really thinks about the promotion item industry, but it actually started just from a, a random series of events 
and it's kind of flew into it. So it all started as freshman year, summer B, so like the first couple weeks of school. I've always been a gadget guy, always like technology, and I found this little cell phone thing that plugs into your phone, and I ended up bringing it to a party freshman year. I'm thinking everyone's going to like me pick on me for whatever it is, but it was so hot in Gainesville. And next thing I knew, I had all these people surrounding me saying, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. Where'd you get that? Right. And as a little shy freshman, I'm loving it. They're like, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? And I, I decided to kind of take advantage of the opportunity and just say, oh, I'm Isaac, the fan guy. Give me all your numbers. There's some cute girls in the, in the group. So I was like, let me get all your numbers, you know, hit me up in a couple of weeks. I ran out of stock. Meanwhile, that was my only fan. But that kind of spiraled into me selling. I started 100 fans within the week sold out because Sorority Rush was in like a month or so. And all these girls wanted to get prepared for it. And then it kind of just kept on spiraling and spiraling. My friends saw me selling fans at parties, making some extra beer money. And that grew into a pretty decent business called Fanu Fans. We had like e-commerce going. We had five different schools with campus ambassadors and Pantone match colors and the whole shebang. And then we got a custom order request from my old hometown for 1,500 fans, but they wanted their logo on the other side of the blade. At first I was like, I don't know if we can do that, but I was talking to the factory. They're like, yeah, no problem. So we did the order. And then I realized that there was so much more money doing uh, custom fans for businesses. That turned into me realizing that there weren't, the reason why we selling so many fans to businesses because there weren't good technology promotional items in the industry. And we were bringing a brand new product to the industry accidentally. So I accidentally joined the promotional item industry. And then I realized that there needed to be a tons of unique products in the industry. And I kind of set myself out to go and find products that weren't in the industry and start bringing them in. And then that's when I started IMM Promotions, which was still kind of nothing serious. It's just for Isaac Makes Money, literally IMM. And <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I told people it's just for international merchandise marketing, but that wasn't true. I mean, I, I, it keeps on going from there, but then that turned into Imprint Genius and there are lots of up and downs. But yeah, now we're here to, to change the way people look at physical marketing. Well, I, I think we're missing a lot of ground there because, you know, it goes from IMM and it kind of transformed itself into Imprint Genius. But last year you won Gainesville Startup of the Year. So <laughs> obviously a lot happened between IMM and last year. So what caused the success of Imprint Genius? Was it just because y'all were new in the space or did you have the necessary connections or... I know, you know, younger people, when they take the risk, you're in college, you're thinking, what the hell? If it fails, it fails. It doesn't matter. I'm still in college. I'm still getting a degree. So, you know, what clicked in your head where it was like, yeah, Imprint Genius is actually the real deal. So I guess I have to explain how we transitioned. So we actually got a cease and desist on IMM promotions. Go figure, right? As it makes <laughs> money, is taken. Uh, no, there's an IMM promotionals. Uh, like North Carolina, they did church t-shirts and RSEO with no SEO work is better than theirs. And we were starting to get some of their clients by accident. So season just happened. We had to do a, that was like a really big challenge. We had to do a full rebrand. It was like a six month process, thousands of dollars. And then while we're doing this whole rebrand and the company's almost shut down and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what we're trying to do. I realized what 
our true value proposition was and how we were going to change the industry and how we we're going to differentiate ourselves. And I guess the fact that I was a student, right? So I'm a student and I do have that risk tolerance of, hey, worst case it fails and I'm another broke college kid allowed me and like the whole team to have the mentality of, hey, let's just try new things. Let's just try to innovate. Let's not follow the rule book of how things are supposed to go. Let's make our own rule book and throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And that ended up really, really being successful. And the reason why we were able to scale so fast and differentiate. So let's talk about some of your clients now, because I know NetCon is a big entrepreneur event and you guys partnered with them in a way to where you made all the promotional products for them. Yeah, that was fun. So Simon reached out to us just because we were starting to do a lot of, we're getting really into the sourcing game now. So we sourced the product for a bunch of big, big names in e-com and essentially like we're their, we're their resource for whenever they need to bring in a new product to sell in their Shopify stores. Once we start getting into that whole world of drop shipping, uh, it's pretty small, as you know, right? The whole social X and everyone. Right. So then Simon reached out to me. I love the idea of the event. And we decided to partner up, do all the merchandise, bring our whole team out there. And it, was, it was a great time. Yeah, I, I think it, it's huge for you right now too because you are so young and you're still in college and you're getting massive exposure so that when you do graduate and you are able to dedicate full-time to this business, it's just going to mm-hmm. 10X. And I, I assume that's the goal. Well, let's backtrack a little bit because yes, it's successful and Print Genius has covered a lot of ground in the few years it's been up, but I'm sure there has been a lot of struggles along the way as well. I mean, <laughs> cease and desist, that, that's obviously one, but I'm sure there were others. So let's talk about that because I think that is what builds up the mental strength and emotional strength of entrepreneurs is the struggles and experiencing them firsthand. So let's talk through some of those of, you know, maybe some times where you thought, man, this shit sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, is this even the right direction? Do I even want to do this full time, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, we always see because of how our, our, our business is all about just trying, trying to change new things. We're failing all the time. We're testing out new products, bringing in new inventory. I mean, I could talk about times from way back. We were importing fans and one of the trade agents we were using switched up the fans on us and it actually we sent the and it was a 2000 piece order of cell phone fans so like around five thousand dollars and when we did not have that much money in the bank so it was a big deal and the trade agent ended up actually trying to undercut us and he switched fan factors and ended up sending we sent the first initial sample from china i was out of town sent the initial sample to the ceo of the company that was buying them just to test them out before this big, uh, big release. It goes and that fan short circuits his phone and he ends up canceling the entire order after we already produced it. It's already on the plane over, right? So we had $5,000 worth of inventory, completely canceled. We had this super, super furious, right? CEO, obviously. And we had this whole, like, first off, horrible cash flow issue, our entire reputation on the line, all because this one trade agent, right now we don't, we, don't, we don't mess with that stuff anymore, but this one trade agent decided to try to save a couple, couple pennies. That was a real test. I mean, that was like, I thought we were going to go under. I thought our reputation was good, was going to be gone. 
how I got out of it, I just, I was honest, completely honest. I offered another solution of bringing in a different promotional product uh, and rushed to make their event and give them a good discount on it as well and completely comp the order. Now they're, they order from us every month. They're still a great client. So that, was, that was one. I mean, I don't know how long this podcast was to go for. I can. No, we can talk about we can talk about as many, but let's talk about that because I, I think you're learning a lot of valuable things at a young age. I mean, I think the normal college person, if that were to happen to him, they'd say, "Well, that's it, I'm done," right? But I, I think you're learning a lot of things that when you keep a customer happy and you go out of your way to keep them, it works, right? You're not just the same old marketing company, promotional product company. You're imprint genius. You want to change the space. And the way you do that is creating massive value. And I talked about it in the interview I released today, but all money is, is a clear representation of the value you provide. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm going to say it because we talked about it before, but uh, before we started recording, but you were just saying how you guys used to be excited when you would have $25,000 months and you just had a $25,000 day today. I, I think that what you're doing is working, but let's talk about more struggles because these are pretty intense struggles that you have been through in your short life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, another, another, I don't know if it's a struggle, but it's a pain point of almost anyone in college or just young entrepreneurs is, so as, like, as I was scaling out the business, people who ended up being like the, the right hands, the employees, people that we work with, on my team ended up being very close friends. And I'd say the, probably the hardest thing as a CEO has been losing really good friends because a really good friend doesn't really necessarily mean a really good business partner or employee. Everything changes with money involved. Like you don't think how people will change or react when there's money on the table. Even, I mean, I'm, not, I'm just saying like, I've, I've heard stories like families, right? breaking apart over over dollars so the biggest lesson i learned is to try to avoid bringing friends in into the business and if you do have to bring them to the business have very very uh have a good contract with them don't do it on a handshake basis because once they sign that contract and you you can definitely have a lot more it's almost like a third party is watching over the right. overall relationship my employees are my best friends. My team's my best friends, but it can also tear people apart. Yeah. I, I think that's good advice too. I interviewed Aaron Platt, co-founder of Social X, and he said the same thing because when people go into business with their friends, just like you said, when there's money involved, like everything changes and you know, it can be your best friend in the world, but if they have a shitty work ethic, but you want to make them a part of what you're doing because you know, your best friends, why not? Right then you're jeopardizing the success of the business. At the end of the day, I mean, if we're completely honest, what's more important, your business or your best friend? When you spend 90% of your days with your business, it's probably your business, right? Yeah, exactly. So it hurts to hear that for probably some people, but it's the truth. So I think it's important to, I mean, everyone who's listening out there, guys, Isaac, how old are you, 21, 22? 22. Yeah. 22, I mean, he's 22 years old and he's gone through years of experience with Imprint Genius and he's experienced a lot of things that most people won't in their career, you know? And I think it's important that you're learning them now and seems like you're handling them well. 
And I, I think that's definitely going to pay tribute to the success of Imprint Genius down the road. But uh, let's switch gears here to more personal finance related because I know you're young and I know everyone has a different perspective of this, but financial success. So mm-hmm. everyone wants to make a million dollars a year. Everyone wants to you know live where they want and do what they want to do when they want to do it, how they want to do it, right? But I think everyone's version of that is just slightly different. Harking on financial success, in my opinion, contrary to popular belief, I don't think you ever reach financial success. Your own version of it, that is. Because I think that as human beings, when we get close to attaining a certain goal, we've already got a different goal in our head. So it's really not important to reach that. Just like today, $25,000 a day. Yeah, that's cool. But you already have another goal in your head probably. Let's get to (laughs) $50,000 a day, right? Yeah. So, you know, either with your business or personally, what does that sort of success financially look for you right now? And how do you predict that changing over time? Yeah, I, I, well, I think that there, there's a big kind of issue in our, in our society, but almost our community, where everyone's very um, revenue focused mm-hmm. when the real focus needs to be on bottom line, right? What's your profitability? How many hours did it take you to hit that profit level? And what kind of flexibility and freedom do you have? Because I, I'm less concerned about how much revenue we'll make for the year. I'm more concerned about how lean is my team? How flexible am I? How disposable am I? Can I go and leave the office for a week and will everything still be here? That to me is a lot more valuable than revenue numbers or profit numbers. I think that, I mean, happiness comes from how you're going to utilize the money and happiness comes from your overall lifestyle. So people sometimes talk, talk smack about like lifestyle businesses, right? But who's complaining about a lifestyle business if you're living the lifestyle you want? So I think people need to stop screenshotting the Shopify store so much with their <laughs> big numbers and, 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 start, and start really thinking about what does your bottom line look like and, and how can you scale yourself out or take yourself out of the business? Yeah, uh, it, that, that's good because I've said this a lot in previous episodes, but it's about personal finance. And, and I, I say just because you can't manage $10,000 a year doesn't mean you can manage a million dollars a year. And what I mean by that is you can make a million dollars a year, right? But if you're spending a million dollars a year, you're still broke. So just like what you're saying, if your business is consistently making $25,000 a day, that sounds great. But if you're spending $26,000 a day between products, uh, labor, overhead, et cetera, then what's the point, right? Yeah. So I think that that's a true businessman right there as you're looking at the profitability measure rather than the revenue. And just like you said, people screenshotting their freaking Shopify stores on uh, Instagram and stuff. It's like, man, I, I understand that your product sales, <coughs> but how much of those products actually cost you? And are you shipping them yourself? (laughs) I mean, like, what's the overhead here? I I just think people aren't giving a really accurate representation. And everything you've told me, and I I can almost guarantee others are going to say this, like you're way farther ahead in life and business than your age. I think you've been through a lot and you have good answers for everything and you're handling everything uh, maturely. And like you're 22, I'm 23. I mean, to be quite honest, I couldn't run a business like you. I'm not going to say I could. I can run a podcast, but that's about it. So I just think it takes a, a special person to be able to go to college, have a startup of the year, be the CEO of a company, 
all this sort of stuff, I mean, that's huge. And I think it's really commendable of you to be able to manage all that efficiently. Thank you, man. That's really kind of you. I, I think anyone can, can do it. It's just about focusing on education, like self-educating as much as possible and seeking out the right mentors. Mm-hmm. Like from a young age, I've always like, almost everyone in my family's entrepreneurs, right? Everyone I surround myself with, I've always tried to have friends who had the right mindset. So maybe I'm 22, but if I started, like I started investing when I was 13, right? Like it's just always been ingrained in me and that's because of how I grew up. So maybe I'm only 22, but I've been, if I've been doing business stuff for 10 years, right? Then I'm maybe lined up with someone who's 28 or whatever it is. Yep. So for the younger people on the podcast or new parents or whatever, whoever's listening, my biggest tip is really focus on an education and a focus on financial responsibility. I, I think that's really important. And just like you said, I mean, just because, I mean, you've been doing this for nine, 10 years. So you've built up that level of education. So I think another big tip too is, is patience, being patient with how you're educating yourself, who you're surrounding yourself with, because that will come, but you have to be consistent on a daily basis And you have to be aware of who you're surrounding yourself with on a daily basis and be aware of how you're using your time, energy, resources on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you can consistently do that, yeah, it sounds tough to do. But once you can ingrain it in your brain to focus on that every single day, I mean, who knows where you're going to be, right? I mean, you're a true testament to that. And I think it's important for, you know, others out there listening, whatever age you are, just take Isaac's advice. I mean, it's real. If you have a goal, a real goal, do what it takes to make that goal real. But unless you're just thinking about the idea, thinking about how sweet this business would be with no actions, it's worthless. But hey, we're going to go and get wrapping up. For the people listening out there, what would be your number one piece of advice, actionable piece of advice that they can implement today? Most actual piece of advice, wake up earlier. That's probably the biggest, the biggest change you can ever have in your life is try waking up a few hours earlier, like ideally like five, six, six thirty, depending on how old you are, but having those couple hours in the day before the day actually starts, it allows you to control the day and take over the day mm-hmm. versus the day controlling you. For me, once 9 a.m. hits and the orders start coming and the problems start coming and the inquiries and everyone comes in the office and, and then I'm pl- you're playing catch-up until 5 p.m. That, I mean, that, that's me. I feel like that's most people. But you wake up early enough. You get up, you set your schedule for the day, you plan things out, and you really, really set yourself up to conquer. Then you are going to be so much more productive with, within your time the amount you'll be able to accomplish in that short period of time. Yeah. It's just going to be exponentially larger and you're going to be happier because no one like, no one likes chasing, chasing after anything. I I agree with that. Like that resonates with me on a personal level because Charles Clark spoke on social X for a call and he was on the podcast too a few months ago, but he always said, when you wake up in the morning, do things for you, do things that you want to do. So I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, if I want to do things for me, I have to wake up early enough to be able to focus on me. And so that requires 4.30, 5 o'clock so that I can wake up, read, go to the gym, uh, meditate sometimes. I I do a devotion every single day. It's just so true. When I do all that, 
like I'm ready to, to kill the day after that. I, I, I feel ready and I feel like I've given myself enough time and I'm not playing catch up to where it's kind of a different perspective, but I'm not thinking while I'm working throughout the day, okay, now I have to get home. I have to stop my work momentum and I have to do things for me. So it's not as enjoyable for me. I'm doing them just to cross it off a to-do list. So I agree with what you're saying. And I've never heard that before is actionable advice. Do wake up earlier. It's, it's crazy too when you wake up earlier and it's quiet and it's just <laughs> you and you're thinking like, I can think to myself, I can do what I want to do. This is my time rather than like you said, you get into the office at nine and then you're no longer working for Isaac. You're working for your clients, your customers at that point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So as, as well as juggling school and then out managing a team and all this other stuff. So that's good advice. So we're going to go ahead and get wrapping up completely. Where can my audience find you on social media and where can they find imprint genius? So you can find me at Isaac Hetz on Instagram at imprint genius on pretty much everything. Feel free to DM me, ask any questions. I'm always happy to help. Because of the business, I've had a lot of experience with overseas sourcing, and it's probably the the biggest pain point I'm seeing a lot of my friends have, and a lot of people get scammed and burned. I'd be happy to look over uh, look over deals for any of you guys. Make sure you're not getting uh, scammed and has a successful business. That's what I'm looking out for. I want everyone to succeed. There's tons of money out there, and however I can help, yeah, be happy to. Yeah, hit up Isaac on Instagram. Let him know what you thought of the episode or with any other questions you have about your business and appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on. For sure. Thanks for listening. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.